Panda, 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 panda. I got broads in Atlanta, Gigi Dolin the family, credit cards in the scammers, hitting the licks in the van, legacies, phantom, Wayne Silver. Did I do that right? Did I, I do that right? That was that was pretty close. Yeah, that's close that's enough. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the Hey, look, all this new music that just came out the past couple weeks, and you know what? We haven't updated our servers in a couple yeah, of years. This so. is old fashioned, low key. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that with a song that probably just came out like back in the, I don't know, middle 2010s, and we're saying it's old. That's crazy. What? No, that didn't come out. I mean, no. Whoa, wait. whoa, whoa. Wait. I Sources, we got to get our researchers on this. 2016, I want to say. Panda. Panda. Panda, 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 panda. Hey, let me turn this up outside real quick. Go ahead. All right, now the hallway can hear Mac and Maid. There we go. Perfect. Um, so I wanted to ask Panda you. Panda was 2016, by the 2016, way. 2016, I was right. Yes. One hit wonder, designer. Name me a bigger one hit wonder than designer. Him. Who was the guy? Um, who was the guy that did uh, I Am No One, No Way a Ton? Denzel Curry. Denzel Curry is another one. And then one. obviously yeah. Shaq West. Yeah. Mo can't forget about, can't about Big Shaq, too. Big Shaq? It's oh, not hot. man's not hot. Yeah. Senior year of high school. Man, <laughs> senior year of high school. Wow. What do you think the one-hit wonder is going to be this year? The one-hit wonder this year? Yeah, there's got to be one every year, right? We all thought, you know, Lil Nas X was like, oh, no, Mo Bamba was probably probably freshman year yeah. of college. Sophomore yeah. year. That's tough, that's tough to think. Who was <sighs> so, Who would have been sophomore year? There's so many TikTok artists out there that like are only going to be Roxanne, one hit wonder, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Junior year, that's tough. COVID, coronavirus. I can't yeah. think of a one hit wonder for junior no year. No one has been making like, there hasn't been many one hit wonders as of late. It's been a lot of just like different songs from popular artists. Like, I guess COVID has kind of stunted the one hit wonder era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. That's that, tough. That is tough. Yeah. Who's the best trash talker? You know, the totally, best totally trash changing talker. subjects here. Wow. <laughs> well, I guess I would say my dad always says Larry Bird because every time Larry Bird's about to get into a big competition, like shooting competition for the three point contest, is a big example. He says every time he's going, I'm going to win it every year. Like <laughs> mostly the all, it's an all star event. It's supposed to be for fun. But Larry Bird's just like, nah, I'm going to win. I was all about winning. And he goes out and he wins. So, yeah, yeah. And he's like, every time, like, he tells, you know, it's like, you know, like, he just knows he's going to make the shot. Like, he says, oh, I'm making this in your face right now. After, like, someone makes a move on him the other end of the court and he makes the shot. The man's just that cocky and confident. Um, but there's plenty of other more recent examples right, I well, just can't put a name to right so now. So that's your, like, athlete trash talker? Yeah. What about personally? Personal trash talker. Yeah. Anybody, high school, college, middle school for all I know, a friend of your dad's or your <sighs> grandpappy or whatever. A good trying trash to, talker. Trying to think. I oh, see like I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really listen to the trash talk noise that much. I, I kind of like more and more if I started to like get older and like play sports like intramurals, for example. I like trash talk, but like <laughs> I do it like out of like a, a kill him with kindness kind of way. Like oh, I'm just kind of like a ha ha, you know, like that's my style. That's my style. I know you trash talk oh, a good I amount. Love I know that you're talking. one of the biggest trash talkers I know. <laughs> I'm a trash talker, but I'd say maybe I back it up less than half the time. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. So <laughs> you just kind of like say whatever's on the cuff. You don't really yeah. have the, the facts to back it so up. So you well, I, 
Yeah, I have a lot of facts. Actually, you know what? Who's I'm thinking of right now? Uh, there's the group. There's this um, basketball YouTube group, Savage Squad. Yeah. They're big jack. I showed you a video one time. They played a 5v5 pickup in like Florida. And they were all just they're like. They're all just. Bah, bah. just they're cocky. They're yeah. like stuck up. Like they think they're all the best. And like they just don't shut up. And like they cause fights. Like they're fights that broke out like in the games that they played because they just don't shut up. That, that was bad echo. I, <laughs> I shouldn't bang that wood oh again. My Lord. <laughs> don't um, bang wood. They don't shut up. There we go. I, your side of Maybe the table. Maybe just my side. Your side know. of the table doesn't have a ton. I have That's all this. so weird. I, I, I sit in the driver's seat in the studio, so I have all this equipment around me that kind of muffles my, um, it kind of muffles every time yeah. I smack something. But, um, so the reason why I bring it up is because week one of fantasy was this week and you already know where I'm going with this because I do you and I, I play fantasy football together yeah. which means we're in the same league we're in the same we, we're in two leagues together yeah but the but and those the, are the leagues that I did the well in this week <laughs> I'm two for three this week in five leagues I, I've gone way too overboard in fantasy football but at least I won the two leagues that I won are is in the same ones that Jack is in so well, he knows good. that I'm good at fantasy so whenever, <laughs> whenever fantasy comes around, the trash talking comes out. Of course. Right? Yeah. So um, Even after week one. So our good friend, John Surratt, I was going to say this man remains nameless, but he doesn't deserve to remain nameless. No. We need to give him the shout out he deserves. No. John Surratt in our QBSN fantasy football league, right? He comes out and he's, and he, and, and I, I start chirping Clever, who I'm playing this week. And I say, Clever, man. I got your number. Do you regret drafting Devontae Adams? Yada, yada, yada. Because he, he drafted Adams first overall. Did Clever even respond to you? I don't think he did. I don't know. He probably... He probably, he doesn't, had like, he probably he doesn't give a darn about fantasy football. You know when you have 80 notifications in one in one chat? Yeah, that was probably yeah. Clever checking Clever was just phone. like, ah, I don't really give a darn about fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. Well, I am, I am beating him by almost... 50 points right now more yeah. than that more than 50 yeah. points close to 100 probably at this point you, i think you have the the sec i think you have the highest score this week too in the league hey, too so you know what i drafted well but yeah john immediately comes in intervenes with my trash talk with clever like me trying to start something with clever john intervenes and he says and he's like yeah it's like it's week one and we're all like john aren't you getting absolutely punted by ross right now and he's like yeah well I'm doing well in my three other leagues that I'm in. And we're, and everyone in the group chat was like, we don't give a bleep about what you're doing in your other yep. leagues. Imagine, yep. imagine a professor fails you on an assignment, right? Mm -hmm. And you go up to that professor and you say, why did I fail this assignment? They said, well, you just played, you just didn't, you didn't do, you didn't do the assignment. You, you failed. And your comeback is, well, I do well on all my other assignments in my other classes. <laughs> That's not how it works, what man. What, like, That's what not your, how it works. What is your professor going to do? Say, congrats. You still failed this one? Yeah. Like, yeah. John is probably the worst trash talker <laughs> I've ever And then met. he tries to loop me into the conversation, yeah, too. Remember yeah. that? He goes, well, Eric knows. Like, he's a buyer. I'm like, well, like, he, does that even matter, John? And, like, first of all, like, yeah, I, I'm, I may have lost in the other league that we're in, but I still broke <laughs> even this week because... So there's trash... Yeah, there's, anyway. So obviously there's trash talking, and then there's trash talking... Without reason to trash talk. Yeah. If John loses in fantasy and he tries to trash talk, what's the point? Can I please, can somebody please text me right now, whoever's listening, if you get trash talked in fantasy and the person doesn't deserve to trash talk, like what do you say to them? Because I so badly want to end John's career, but it's over iMessage chat with like 10 people, so it doesn't really matter. Well, 
I could try to check to see what the fantasy matchups are like, but well, when you face when you face off against John, we know that's going to be oh, a major everyone, rivalry match. Everyone who listens to this podcast and listens to this show, and everyone who's gathering outside in our hallway right now, when John Surratt plays me in fantasy football, everyone will know about it. Yeah, everyone will know about it. And if yep. I lose, hand to God, I will own up to it because <laughs> I would not have brought it. Anyway, we've got to get the show underway because you're listening to the Mac and Main Show. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. Off the face, off the Capitals have won it. The Capitals of the Country is the capital of the hockey playoffs. On 98.1 WQAQ. Driving forward, diving to the goal line. It's the one touchdown. And a title for the Patriots. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Is this the tender? Maybe we can pick something a little modern, but... It is 8 p.m. on a Monday night, and that means you are listening to the Mac and Main Show. A little hot mic moment there. Yeah, make, you're hearing us decide what the new intro will be. Yeah, that's my bad. I I, uh, I turned us on a little hot, uh, a little early. Right. Anyway, it's you okay. are listening indeed to the Mac and Main Show, the number one show at 98.1 WQAQ. Jack Main, Eric Kerr, sitting in for the next 50 minutes at this point. Week one is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Do I have any? Um, do I have any? Like, I don't have any NFL music. I do have a Kevin Harlan call from the Super Bowl a couple, no, last year? I don't know. What it do, baby? What it do, baby? What it do, baby? Week one of the NFL is in the books. Totally unrelated, but yeah, it's okay. I, I don't have a ton of sounds up here. Just get the... Uh, I wonder the, if From the Bleachers has like a has something. Uh, I'll look for it. Anyway, beside the point, we were both very impressed with one Mr. Mac Jones. Yep. Patriots take the L 17-16. to in what was really a disappointing game, a lot of a lot of miscommunication, a lot of defensive uh, f- f- uh, blunders by both teams, and it led to uh, kind of an underwhelming week one. But nonetheless, Mac Jones looked really good. I don't have his stat line up in front of me, and that's on me for not preparing. The crack research team's going to get on that for us, a.k.a. Eric Kerr. I have the stats in front of us. You do have the stats in front of us? Well, I do. Well, that's great. Go ahead. Give it to yeah, us. Yeah, so... To back up your point, Mac Jones was really good. Surprised yeah. me in a lot of ways. He didn't have like the most insane, you know, game in terms of touchdowns, but he still threw for 280 yards, which is very good for a rookie in his first game and one touchdown as well. And the things that, you know, we really saw well from him was, you know, not only was he making good pinpoint throws, he was making some Nice little float passes over the top to like James White running out of the backfield over yep. his shoulder for a beautiful catch. Made some 15, 20 yard clean, medium level passes to John New Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers downfield. But the best thing that I liked is that he got those yards because he was making quick reads and he found the open man quickly. It wasn't like Cam Newton who's like looking around the pocket. Oh, should I run the ball? Should I throw the ball? Like, no, he was. As soon as he saw an open man, he got it to the open man. If it was James White open for a quick little five-yard dump, boom, got it there. If it was Jacoby Myers running a quick little drag right over the right side of the field, boom, got it there. If it was John o. Smith running a, uh, a deep in route to the outside and the inside, boom, he got it there. As soon as he saw that open man, he got it to the open man. And that's what you need to do as a quarterback. And that's, I think, the, the system the Patriots like to play. They love to run options that can get the ball out quick 
and keep mm-hmm. the offense moving fast because they're all about fast pace. And if you have a quarterback that knows how to get to the old man quick, so that's the next play faster because the defense more tired, has to make them react quicker. And that's the Patriots style. That's what style what they worked so well with Brady yep. for so many years. And they see that as Mac Jones as a kind of guy that can maybe step in and, and do something similar. We love what Mac Jones did. And Eric's absolutely right. He was hitting guys in the numbers all night long. I can really only think of two instances where he missed on, on a couple of yeah, big passes. A couple of big ones, like those third downs, one <laughs> One, one I can think Kendrick of was Bourne. Kendrick Bourne was another on one, and the other on the one was Jacoby Myers when he was they were in the it, almost near red zone territory. Yep, and it hit Myers in the hand yeah. when he was outstretched, and yep. he just missed it. Uh, those were, the, but though other than those two, those were the only real misfires that I feel Jones made, and those yeah. are throws that he's going to make over time. But he converted on multiple third and longs. Nelson Aguilar was. You know, he was a little iffy on his in his first start with the Patriots, but he still came up with a couple of huge catches. Yeah. And he was also five receptions, seventy-two yards, and a touchdown. That's pretty good that's your first really, game. Exactly. And yeah. the fact that it was more it was we were back to that dink and dunk style of Patriots football that we were so spoiled with for twenty years. Yeah. It's it was it was it was just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Right? After you don't know what the hell Cam Newton was doing on a play to play basis, right? <laughs> It was great to get back to that regularity, and I see this only going forward and only progressing moving forward. My brother texted in, by the way. He said, if someone trash talks you, laugh at them. Just laugh at them. Just, Just point. laugh at them. Parker, are we talking like a point and a laugh? Just like, ha, <laughs> Kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, well, but, a, little less, uh, a little less fake, I would say. Yeah, a little less fake. I mean, look, you can make it fake to make it sarcastic, but back to the, back to the Mac Jones. I, what I really loved about Mac Jones, and I can think of one play in particular, it was where the it was actually a holding call on Trent Brown's replacement. So the backup tack, offensive tackle was in the game for Trent Brown. Um, Jones is Jones is backpedaling. He moves he moves to his left, so he's moving he's backpedaling, moving to his left. He, he ducks one swat, gets away from the pass rush, runs to his right, and throws a beautiful rainbow downfield to Kendrick Bourne. It gets called back uh, because of uh, because of a holding call. Yeah. But those were the kind of plays that we love seeing from a rookie quarterback. Yeah. His pocket awareness would make you think he is a veteran. And he was throwing with so much confidence yesterday. I don't care that he missed those two throws on third down that we brought up earlier because he was doing so many great things that you wouldn't expect a rookie quarterback to do. Trevor Lawrence, for example, threw three interceptions in his debut. Yep, yep. That's less than ideal. Yep. Mac Jones was taking care of the football. He was moving well in the pocket. He was completing to open guys and making quick reads. That's all yeah. you could the ever ask The only time for. he had a slip-up was uh, one time where he coughed the ball up from a sack, but he quickly got on top of it and yeah. kept the possession alive. And that's gonna, but that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like quarterbacks get hit all the time. They fumble on their, on their follow-throughs all the time. Yeah, yeah. Those are things that are just going to come with time. So looking bigger picture now, where are we going to pin this Patriots loss? Because... There were like seven penalties, undisciplined yeah. penalties, mm-hmm. right? A year mm-hmm. ago, New England was the least penalized team in the league. Yeah. I feel like normally you see that from the Dolphins week one. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a reverse <laughs> of the switch. Exactly. So was it on the penalties? Was it on Josh McDaniels for not letting Mac Jones throw in crunch time? Is it on 
The fumbles by the backs. Of course, uh, Ramondre Stevenson had a fumble in the second quarter, and then the most uh, the 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 one that cost him the game, Damian Harris, in the red zone with less than three minutes to play. Yeah, I mean that's tough to answer from all three. I mean, obviously, the average fan would say it's a fumble because if Harris held on to that football, the Patriots were in a good striving scoring position to ultimately take that game and and, and grab the dub. Um, but honestly, you know, at the end of the day, it always comes down to the team. And I think, you know, with the McDaniel situation, they, they, there's, they knew their system from last year was to get the backs involved, get Harris going, uh, try to get Stevenson in there, even though that one fumble really kind of took him out of the game from the get go. Cause we know Belichick style If you make a mistake. You're not going to play a lot after that. Um, so I, I think it, it comes down to a team perspective. I think this definitely was a team loss is one they probably should have had for sure. You would have liked to see them come out on top. But honestly, I think at the end of the day, you got to win the turnovers and the penalties battle rather than blame someone on the coaching staff. I think for the most part, the, the plays definitely set them up in good positions. Like, as I talked about, they were a drive away from taking the lead and possibly winning that game. There was a couple other times where they could have, you know, if they executed on those plays, they could have got a couple extra touchdowns to extend their lead even further at home. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to cutting down on those mistakes. Penalties are so crucial in a game of football, and seven penalties is a lot to kind of come back with. And you know, same with turnovers as well. You got to be able to. You guys, a running back, you got to be able to bring that ball into your chest and hold on to it tight, um, especially in that crucial situation. And that's you know, costly mistake. You want to get that back, but at the end of the day, got to capitalize on those mistakes, and you can't let it happen. So you're right. That the that all of these things contributed. Yeah. However, I'm going to pin it on the fumble. And the fumble kind of falls back onto Josh McDaniel's play calling. Penalties you can make up for. Holding calls you can make up for. Uh pass interferences you can make up for. There were a couple on Matt Judon on special teams that I just felt like that those were stupid. But penalties aren't unless they're penalties in, in a crunch situation, because I mean the Patriots got a roughing the passer call early in the game that you know, the Dolphins obviously wouldn't wouldn't have liked to have, but penalties are going to happen. However, you put the ball when your team is down in the hands of your best players, Mac Jones, Damian Harris, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the fact that it was a star like Damian Harris, a guy who's going to be a workhorse for this team who fumbles the ball in week one. Right, you yeah. can say, "Oh, it's just week one." No, it's week one. Like, worst, we need to get the guys in there that are going to be solid through the season. Now, for all we know, it could be JJ Taylor who's taking snaps at running back for the Patriots three weeks from now because that's who is doing the best in practice. Mm-hmm. But if it's Damian Harris who's fumbling late in games, I, we cannot have a Jonas Gray problem on this team, a Steven mm-hmm. Ridley problem. We need to ha- be able to know that the ball is going to be secure. Yeah. I mean, up to that point, Harris, I'm looking at the stats, did have a hundred yards and he clearly looked like one of the top offensive players on this Patriots roster. So, you know, while the fumble is unfortunate, I think you can trust him in late scene situations, but he needs to obviously, you know, have the basics down. He shouldn't be trying to push for yards when they're already in a situation when it's only first down and 10, you can't be too aggressive. You got to make sure you hold on to that thing. And yeah, just can't let it go right away from you. But I think in terms of the long run, you know, obviously this is, this is only game one. And granted, you wouldn't like to lose on this way in week one. 
But it's a good learning experience, good learning curve. You know, Harris mm -hmm. is only his second year in the league. You know, this is definitely a big learning situation that he can, you know, grow from. And, you know, I, I, I see that in him. I don't think he's going to come out and make that same mistake again. So today, our boy Mac Jones, he was, uh, he was on WEEI. And he had a couple of quotes that I want to bring up here. I don't have the sound bites because we do not have the rights to air WEEI as quickly as we as we would like to. Um, but I, I I want to know like is Mac Jones hard on himself? And this was asked today by WEEI, and uh, Mac Jones said a lot of people say that, but it's just trying. It's just me trying to be perfect and be a perfectionist. Do you want to see a rookie quarterback be a perfectionist, or would you rather see him make mistakes? Um, I like the mentality of being a perfectionist, but I see, you know, as a rookie, it's good to grow from your mistakes. Granted, I don't want them making a million bajillion mistakes, but I think it's a good mentality to have. And I like that mentality. And, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way too in life because I like to be a perfectionist yeah, as is. well in everything I do. And if I like see something that's like a little bit off to me, I feel like, ah, oh, like, man, I could have made that so much better when reality wasn't really that bad. Um, and you know, I kind of dwell on those things and like, you know, maybe that can lead me to be, you know, a little bit less confident in some of the things I do, but you know, what, with what we saw in Mac week one, I think the way that he takes his perfectionism is he make sees a mistake that he makes and he just says, all right, I'm going to focus on not making that mistake again yep. and not dwell on it and like be down on it. So it depends on how you take it. And I, I see him as kind of that person that you know, is a perfectionist that finds the mistake that he makes and little mistakes that we might not even notice and really tries to make those better to make the rest of his game better. I would understand um, where why Mac Jones wants to be perfect. He wants to look like the guy that, you know, we picked at 15 to be able to lead the team to a contender, yeah. right? But I also want him to make mistakes and learn. I don't want him to throw interceptions. I don't want him to throw passes into double coverage. But I do want him to make wrong reads in the sense that he had a guy downfield, but he decided to go short. Yeah. And then he works on, okay, I should be able to read this better moving forward. Mm -hmm. I want him to be able to understand how defenses align themselves and then be able to change the play call at the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. I want him to be able to do that. And I want him to be able to make those mistakes before he makes mistakes like causing turnovers, throwing into losing situations, those kinds of situations. And to see him to, to see him want to be a perfectionist tells me that he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I don't know. Uh, I think that only time will tell. I mean, you know, we looked at, you know, his performance the first week and going against that kind of Dolphins defense and just mm -hmm. making those reads and, you know, all those good throws is definitely a sign for, for good play going forward and you know yeah this is tough i mean yeah I, I want him to make mistakes too and grow and learn yep from those situations but i have no problem with him coming out with the mentality because I, I i i see that in my shoes as I well do. i, I know he, you do yeah and he's kind of like always had this mentality i mean remember we both watched the mac jones like promo video that he made on instagram and uh basically he was like you know, I've always been kind of the 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 guy that's been underlooked by many people like all my life. Like he was the last quarterback that was drafted in that big quarterback class this year. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, with Alabama, he was always kind of like behind the other guys, like trying to get his minutes. And when he finally got it, he proved himself. He's always been the underdog. He has an underdog mentality. And I guess when he like, you know, wants to be a perfectionist because he wants to get out from the underdog mentality and usurp himself is kind of like one of the best. He does. All right. We're going to take you guys around the rest of the National Football League. We had a couple of games that we really liked and highlighted. First one, Kansas City and Cleveland. Wow. What a game. What a gunslinger that was. I accidentally closed out of my notes, so you're going to have to take the lead here. (laughs) Yeah, so you mentioned that Baker looked okay. The stats were pretty okay. He threw for over 300 yards but had one pick. But what I really liked is without this Browns offense that the backs got it going right away. And I like their confidence. Like Cleveland, they came out of the gates and went for a two-point conversion in the first quarter. Yeah, How great. about that mentality? Nick Chubb, 83 yards, two touchdowns, and Kareem Hunt also contributing with a t- touchdown as well as the rushing tackle. The Chiefs exploded in the second half. So for this, Browns seem to be a contender. They're going to have to finish as well as they start. 22 points in the first half, just seven points in the second half, and Kansas City exploded for 23 points in the second half. So... I still see the Browns contender with how well they mm-hmm. competed with the Chiefs up until the second half. But yeah, that's exciting. Last night, Sunday night football, Rams-Bears. It was a romping of the Chicago Bears. 34-14. Andy Dalton not looking great. Uh, 27 for 38, 206 yards and a pick. Justin Fields came into the game and was 2 for 2, including a rushing touchdown. I thought we were going to see Justin Fields in the second half of that game. And As a Bears it. fan... I'm happy to say this, that Justin Fields, in less plays than Aaron Rodgers, had already has one more touchdown than he does this season. <laughs> Bear down, baby. The Bears, let's go. Uh, David Montgomery was the star for Chicago. He rushed for 108 yards, including a touchdown. And um, Damian, Willem, Damian Williams, six, yards, uh, six carries for 12 yards, two, two yards per rush. That's less than ideal. I'm um, trying to find the... Trying to find the Rams stats here. Yeah, Daryl Henderson went off for there the Rams. Are. There he is. He he looked impressive. We all <laughs> thought Sony Michelle was going to kind of be that guy because they we just didn't got see him in until a trade. The fourth quarter. No, and he only had one carry, two yards. Yep. But Henderson looked good. He looked explosive. You know, the Bears defense was not the greatest at all, really, in the second half, which is kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean that Ram- the Rams offense looked really good under Matthew Stafford. They had much more open attack. Stafford, three touchdowns in his debut game with that loaded receiving core. I like the Rams this year. They're loaded offensively now with Stafford actually being a reliable quarterback, and the defense has always been really good. So, yeah, the Rams are going to be a tough team to beat in the West. You already mentioned Aaron Rodgers, but how about who they played? The New Orleans Saints absolutely clapped the Green Bay Packers 38-3. Jameis Winston, QB1. Threw for only 148 yards, but five touchdowns. Yeah, but it was the whole team. Who day? Who day? Who day? <laughs> Saints. The defense came out on top. Three takeaways against an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers offense. That's very impressive, forcing him to make two interceptions on the day as well. So, Saints surprising. After week one, though, anything could happen. So, we'll see if Winston can hold up and maybe not commit as many turnovers as his end because we know how many Picks he can tend to throw as well. So that'll be interesting. Couple of tutties for Juwan Johnson on the receiving end, and Alvin Kamara rushed uh, 20 times for 83 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. So not a great fantasy day for Alvin Kamara. I've drafted I've drafted him like the last three years 
on uh, in fantasy, and I've been disappointed every single time. How about this? Sam Darnold defeats his old team, the New York Jets, 19-14. to Wasn't exactly a banner day for him, but he at least didn't make any mistakes. Threw for 279 yards and a touchdown. No picks. Yeah. Good for Sam Darnold. And the debut of Zach Wilson went, as you could expect, 258 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a pick for him. My big disappointment of the week, though, is just Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Threw for over 300 yards, threw for three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. Yeah. I haven't looked at the film yet, but that's not Me ideal. Me too, and especially against a Houston Texans defense that was about the worst in almost every yeah. category last year. You would have expected him to come out strong and hot. Granted, he did have 303 yards passing, and a lot of receivers got involved with some TDs. So the offense, it showed up late, and, you know, you would have liked to start a little bit earlier, so we'll have to see how that we'll have to see how that Jaguar story unfolds as the season progresses for the, the young rookie. Those are our key matchups. The Raiders and Ravens just kicked off on Monday Night Football. We'll keep you posted on that. But we're gonna take a short break. Right, we got our guy, we got our guy Carmine Grippo waiting in the green room right now. We're gonna let him in in a few moments. You are listening to the Mac and Main Show on ninety eight point one WQAQ. I fly with the stars in the skies. I am no longer trying to survive. I believe that life is a prize. Welcome back to 98.1 WQAQ. This is the Mac and Main Show coming to you. Oh, that was a little set weird. Me and my end. What are you talking about? I don't what know, happened? A little staticky in my end right now. Oh, is it the is it the headphones? Yeah, it must be. Headphones aren't always that great. No, I'll just take them off. I don't need them on. You can hear everybody. Yeah. You can hear everybody? Yeah, I mean, we're all in the same spot, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's Eric, not like Carmine's in another section Eric, right now. <laughs> Eric butchered the uh, the return. No, no, no. Let me, let me come back to you in normal. What's going to... on, everyone? It's oh. 98.1 WQAQ. Sorry for the uh, the bad intro there. I was had a little bit of interference with the behind-the-scenes people in the studio, but oh. it's all good. We're back here right now. I actually wanted to come back with a, a different song because we have a... A uh, very, uh, very good-looking specimen sitting right next to us over here, Mr. Sex Appeal himself. Oh my God! Welcome, uh, the, the vice president of public relations for the Quinnipiac Student Government Association, Carmine Grippo. Carmine, it's great to see you here tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me out. I'm super excited <laughs> to be here too. Carmine, have you ever been interviewed before on like a uh, interview type game? Not an interview type game, but I've my freshman year I was in here. And Melanie, who works with you guys now, Melanie Carrary. Yep. Yeah. She, yeah. she was my neighbor. So when I won freshman president my first year, she brought me in here and interviewed me. Oh, wow. All right. Cool. So this is like this is kind of like your second time sitting in studio. This is my second time sitting in studio, and it's awesome. The second time too. <laughs> well, that's amazing. We're so glad to have you on uh, for a sports show. You told us before we got on the air not to ask me about sports. We're gonna do it anyway. So fine. <laughs> You got to give us your allegiance first. Uh, New York, everything, pretty much, except for college football. Oh, okay. we don't really do college football. Yeah, well, that's fine. Show. Uh, but uh, Jets, Jets, Giants? Giants. Okay. Yankees. Okay. Oh. Rangers. We're, we're going to have disagreements. He's a Red Sox fan over here. You, you, you uh, pressing the wrong buttons over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, how do you feel? You know, tough loss yesterday for the G-men? It was a tough loss yesterday. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to lot, watch a lot of the game, so that's just had a lot of SGA work, actually. Oh, but, uh, this man's grinding on a Sunday. I know, I was grinding on a Sunday. The weekend took over, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Facts, facts. I feel that, I feel well, that. Well, we're so happy to have you on, and because you are the uh, representative of SGA, we would, you know, obviously we got to just kind of ask you about, you know, what the what the big deal is with uh, what's going on in the office next door to us. So obviously this is a year that 
we finally get a chance to go back to what it looked like a couple oh, yeah. years ago. And so that's got to be really exciting for you and, and your crew to be able to complete some pretty awesome initiatives. Yeah, definitely. I'm super stoked to finally be back in person. I definitely stuck it out last year through the Zoom, which wasn't my favorite. I don't think it was anybody's favorite personally. But now that we're back in person, we're hitting the ground running. We got our elections tonight. So right after this interview, I'm going to the all candidates meeting to get our first year class on board. I'm oh, super amazing. excited to have them. <laughs> I think we had like 15, 16 kids come out to rush or to run for the first year class anyway. And then uh, that's going to be super exciting. going to get some pictures of them, put them on the Instagram, stuff like that. Other than that, uh, we've got a shoot. We got a ton of initiatives coming out, uh, ready to go, stuff like that. So, but everything's like right now, our big thing is just the elections. We tried to promote mm -hmm. a ton. Today, I got to buy a bunch of prizes for the elections next week to promote like engagement and stuff like that. Every year, the goal is to just boost the numbers. So that's something we're working on now. I just bought a couple of iPads, some Apple watches. So people Ooh. who vote, all you have to do is submit something and you can win an Apple watch or an iPad. So that's dope. Are we are we out of the running for that because we are of the senior class? Well, there actually are two seats open. So you normally like in the fall, it's the first year elections and that's it. But this year, since we have an open seat in the junior and senior cabinet and one of the multicultural seats, that we're going to do those too. So you guys technically can still win as long as you vote. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm seats. not an undergraduate student anymore. As long as I'm you're a an grad undergraduate student. student. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three plus one. Yeah. Uh, smart cookie over here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I'll just ask you a question now. So <laughs> this guy, this guy is just totally unprepared, I'm, man. I, I, he's a TV man. He's a TV guy. Yeah, I am a TV guy. He's a camera TV guy. Yeah. So, you know, hey, radio is kind of a sidekick. But anyway. Um, so I kind of want to just like, you know, run this by you. Obviously your position is mainly, you know, promoting and advertising. I know yep. you're going to get out here and like get some photos of the, of the new candidates and like put that on the wall somewhere yep. behind us out here in your, near the SGA suite, yes, sir, some social media stuff. So what makes you a good fit for all of that? Yeah. So for me, like there is that aspect, which is just getting out there. And I think you interviewed me when I was running too. And I told you that. Like, yes, that's important for any PR person in any job, in any situation. You need to be up to date with not just like knowing how to put things on Instagram and Facebook, which uh, like now an eighth grade girl, a seventh grade, anybody could do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not, that's not the most important part. The most important part is being the, the face, the voice of SGA. That's definitely a big piece. Obviously the president's the major voice and the major piece, but mm -hmm. you're going to need somebody too to boost that presence. I think that me switching it up a little bit, our last PR was definitely more behind the scenes and like she did a great job and she put everything on the Instagram and everything like that and everything was super creative. But for me, my particular take is to be the voice. When I campaigned, I made a song, I made a video, that's kind of the approach I'm going to take the with video. the video. Yeah. yeah. The video. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the approach I'm going to take with SGA PR this year. I want to get out there. I want my, my face as well as the other faces to be out there. I want people to know what we're doing. We've always stayed like we're not announcing our initiatives or what we're working on until it's completed. I'm not like that. I'm mm -hmm. somebody who wants to tell you what, what the hell I'm doing. You know what I mean? We right. gotta, I want to let you guys know, let the media know what we're working on so we don't get that stigma of, SGA does nothing, yeah. Yeah, which so we get. And it's I got a follow-up real quick, Jack. So you mentioned the song that you did. Yep. Uh, that was a parody to Peaches. Yep. I remember that. Um, oh, talking I about, you know. I don't have it on here. Yeah, of I course we don't it. have it. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. But anyway, um, so you did that. And obviously, that's great. You did it for campaigning. You know, get your name out there, get your, your platform out, what you want to do, what you want to be in, you know, in front of the people. 
but will you continue to make different songs like now being in SGA to kind of share those initiatives that the org is working on or? Yeah. So, I mean, it would have to be a, definitely a specific type of initiative for us to like need a song to make for it. That's definitely more of like a fun piece, a song in general for myself, like personally, I would love, to, I think I could rap. I think I could make one one day. <laughs> I think I could do it. Uh, I wrote that Peaches song pretty quick, but as for just that form of advertising for marketing, for PRing, that is the approach I want to go. So I would like to make a video with like, I would get to help from the student media too, from all you guys. That would be awesome. But uh, that's the approach I want to take. I want like videos made, creation. Everybody knows how to make a Canva picture and post it on Instagram with the color codes from Quinnipiac. Like it's yeah. not the hardest thing. Yeah. We all know how to do that. That doesn't really, that puts us where in the lump sum of all the other 50 Instagram accounts. We got to be different. We got to take the lead. That's me. That's what my goal is. That's what I want to do. So this was my big criticism of F of SGA. It was just that you guys worked on real small initiatives, in my opinion. You know? For the like, last, yeah, def I would agree. For the last two years since I've been on it, my first year, this is my third year now on it. Uh, my first year we got the fruit when I, before I even came in, we had like free pizza Fridays from whoever the president was before me. Mm -hmm. We had like a bunch of stuff. I heard about free laundry, the bar being built on York. And I was like, wow, this stuff's cool. That's like, all huge. Like those like are big things. things. And looking for that now, I think our course for me personally, now that I'm PR, if I was in a different position, I would have a different goal. But mm -hmm. for me right now, my goal is more the spirit side, the, how our school, like, like our aura, like everything about our school, I need it. We need to be uplifted, which I feel like right now it is just because COVID and everything like without the masks, even outside, that's like a huge thing. Like everybody, we all are in the same boat. We're all college kids that want the same, more or less the same thing. And I think that's SGA. We could have a huge role in this. Like we can get ourselves out there. We can do is We just got to show that excitement side. We can't just be yep. working on. Yeah. And there's other things too, like, me yesterday, besides like working on SGA stuff in the afternoon, I went to the BSU Black Students Unite their cookout thing in the afternoon or their block party, and it was fun. And you know what I mean? You get to meet a ton of new people, and I brought a bunch of my friends. And that's the thing too. Like SGA, we can just come on ourselves, but that just looks like oh SGA's here, like because they have to. No, you got to come. You got to bring a friend. You got to bring your friends because we do know people. We got elected because we knew people come with your friends don't just come by yourself and that's yeah. something i tell my colleagues there to work on too is like we got to get out there let's get out there let's yeah. let's go to all these events let's do it and i love it i just love that's something that you got to support your other groups and especially as a leading organization that's funding half these groups that so we're going to post it on our story i need to be there i need to show my face and show them and support these groups and advertise it for them too so to someone who thinks that you know the, the faces that are of sga those guys are just pencil pushers. Like if someone said that, you know, to your face, you know, what would be your comeback? My comeback would be, well, listen, I'm one of the guys that's out there going to all these events. I'm not more, I'm more than just a pencil pusher. Like, yeah, that's, that is part of the job. Definitely. We definitely do some things that are like tedious. And to some people would be like, well, why are you doing that? But you understand it once you're in the job for any job, we all do things that people just wouldn't understand. But for me, my comeback would be, well, listen, I'm out here. I'm the PR and I'm PRing for every group. I'm not just here for SGA. SGA is my platform to reach all of the other organizations, all of the other groups. I'm here for everybody. You know what I mean? Whether it be BSU or fraternity or sorority or any club on campus, like that's who I'm here for. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned some of those, you know, involvements. You're in a fraternity, you're in, yep. you're in PICAP. And, you know, I know you have a bunch of other things going on in your life. So 
how do you kind of manage all of that and still dedicate as much time as you can to, you know, being an SGA and trying to be like out in the public and getting that facial representation? Yeah, well, all of it like wraps around and it's whole, it's one big thing that kind of is the college experience for me personally. I'm somebody who knows how to like go around and do all these things. So I'll just give you my first year to like now experience and how I've gotten to like where I've gotten first year. My first thing I did was run for SGA. SGA pushed me to get involved into orientation. Orientation is where I met Alec Williams and Mike Ulich, where I moved on to Rush PiCap. All these things come full circle. I meet more people. You just keep going and you just say yes and you just do these things and you get involved and you get yeah. out there. And that's like kind of how I'm, I manage everything is everything wraps around itself. Something I do for SGA is going to help me with orientation and something I meet somebody from orientation who I want in PiCap and everything just kind of comes around full circle at the end of the day. Do you ever feel like it becomes overwhelming, overwhelming. or too much? Never. I love, you got to love what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's kids that don't, I, I don't know why people do things they don't want to do. And I respect everybody like gives hate to like, don't be a quitter. If you don't like it, don't do it. I don't want you on SGA working with me. If you don't want to be here, if you're going to, because then that's clear to me that you're doing it for a resume and like not now, but definitely in the past, I've seen people on positions and they do the bare minimum just to get by, just to do it because they, or they want the resume, they want the title. It's a power trip. And it is, it can be for some people. But for me, it's like, it's not like that. If I hated SGA, I wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? If I thought we weren't doing anything and I thought it was getting nowhere, then I would, I would not be here. I would go do something else where I thought it would be a big change. So yeah. that's my take personally. But I mean, that comes, that comes down to just managing priorities for you. Yeah. So for me, like obviously school comes first, SGA comes second, because I feel like obviously you got to work on yourself or paying for the tuition, yeah. get the most out of the classes first, get my internships. What do I got to do there? That's always something that's very important. And that's my daytime. And then once I'm in SGA, like that's, that's go time. I have my office hours. We work 10 hours a week. Well, we work 20 hours a week or sometimes a lot more, but we do 10, 10 hours in the office. And then we do 10 hours in like meetings and one-on-ones and sending all that kind of stuff where we go out and even just like outreach and stuff like that. But for me, managing all of it's pretty simple. I'm on top of myself. I'm an early person. Get up early, do my homework, go to the gym, clear my head. Stay up late. He does go to the work. gym. He does. <laughs> yeah. Everybody That's wants why to uh, he, we call him Mr. Sex Appeal because when we played volleyball with him the other day, he told us that he works out, you know, not just to be a big top athlete. He's all about the sex appeal. So that that is a quote that he said. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, say that. Yeah. It's yeah. Definitely you are to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're in it's, not a, it's not a four letter word that the FCC doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be saying it. So. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Then definitely, definitely a huge reason to work out is for the sex appeal. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Love that. Love that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I guess just you know I know the story. You told me this like every time you talk about SGA. Yeah. But you know what really got you to be like you know going to Vaughn Fair and you saw SGA and you were like, this is what I want to do. I knew from the minute before I got to campus, I said it. And the day I moved in, Esau Green, who was the former vice president of X, he came to my room when he was walking around during moving crew day, everybody came in, ripped everything out of my car. I'm sitting on my dorm bed before the mattress topper is even on it. And I'm just looking out the window and he comes in with a huge full camera crew. Everybody's coming in. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm looking around and I'm just, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm like that childish, like Christmas morning. Like I'm, <laughs> I wasn't nervous. I don't live super far from here. So, but I, I was obviously a little nervous, but it's just like more of an overwhelming excitement. 
And for me, I look around and I'm like, this is, I want to be the president. I want to do it. And then I remember welcome weekend, that same weekend, two days later, I sat next to this girl, Ellen, and I saw Austin Calvo giving the speech. And I'm like, I want, I want to do that. I want to give that speech in four years. And I'd say right now I'm on track to hopefully maybe one day get out there and be able to give that speech. We'll see how it goes. We'll see where it goes, what yeah. I can do to do You that. are a junior this year. You got one more year coming up. One so. more year. That's it. So I figured just keep my head down, keep grinding, keep my head up, honestly, not down. Yeah. Keep yeah, doing what yeah. I gotta do. Show people what I can do. And this is definitely my big year to like do it. Last year was, I'll be honest, like it was hard for me personally to like not just get through SGA because I still had a good time. I still loved everybody, but it's different when you don't get to be around everybody. And that goes for every club too. Having meetings online isn't the same as no, like it, that. It's, it's being that yeah. So It's yeah. big different. Well, we've all had those conversations a million times and we don't need to talk about like how yeah. we feel about COVID. Yeah, and you're in a good position with like spirit-based stuff. I wanted to touch back on that yeah. because we're all going to be able to go back to games this so year, excited. every single game. So excited. So like, what do you, what do you want to do to try to like get more people to go out to like, you know, more stuff like are there any incentives you want to try to do to get to people games like outside of just men's hockey Yale yeah I was gonna say outside of men's hockey and even just in men's hockey Yale because Yale game seems to be the big one I wish all our, ga all our games could be just like the Yale game that can encourage kids to get along more with the kids at our own school or all of our undergraduate body and our graduate body that, that's a lot yeah. so definitely like it's hard to say I want to like incentivize people to go because that's not really the route I want to take you shouldn't we shouldn't have to mandate people we shouldn't require people to go to events i feel like that's defeating the purpose like right. when you require an event becomes a task tasks sound boring and like nobody wants to do that you want to do a task that makes you sound like all right something i have to get done yeah i want to go to the hockey game because it's fun that's the not, whole not thing because you feel like you have to go not because i feel like you have to because i know i'm going to see my friends i know everybody's going to be excited and the same boat as me and excited to see me as much as I'm excited to see them. And we're all going to get crazy and support our own team that we go to the school for. Why is it only the Yale hockey game? That's something that isn't really a tangible thing that you can just change and do. You know what I mean? It's the culture of Quinnipiac. It takes a while. And that is going to be like my overall goal. Like there's obviously tangible free laundry. Awesome. A bar in York. Awesome. But to shift a culture isn't something you can just do and say you've done it you can but you can because you can also feel it like as it changes and stuff like that too and i feel like both of you in the studio right now are people who want to see that would love oh, to see that i wish i yeah. had the audio pulled up right here but two years before covid it was two years ago we're sitting in here i think it was our last in studio show before we all got sent home myself will fowler jacob resnick and steve mcavoy my old co-host we were talking about how we have such a beautiful facility up there on York Hill that can seat thousands of people, and nope. we consistently see two things, sections empty, fully empty, and traveling fans out, uh, out, oh, geez, now the, the out, uh, out attending, attending, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the home Quinnipiac fans, <laughs> and that's, that's embarrassing, and we do need somebody with a vision that can say we got to drive up school spirit yeah we need somebody to just like you needed the leader we need right. a leader we need somebody that gives us that drive that motivation to want to go there that we can get behind and follow for me and my own fraternity for example like our our president i i look up to him like, like alec, he's alec, yeah. williams. alec williams yeah i can mention the name alec williams is definitely somebody who's got me he was a freshman president before i was and i i just uh, like he's the man to me like mm -hmm. he's somebody you gotta have an idol I, the smartest man i ever met in an investment club here at quinnipiac told me he was an investment banker in wall street and he told me that why well, i came up to him after and he was like 
the best thing you could ever do in life is have someone you look up to, but not just one, like as you progress throughout your life. Right Alex on. a couple steps ahead of me right now as a senior and getting a real job and stuff like that. And he's somebody I do look up to. The way he leads all 100 or 70, 80 of us in PiCap to want to be better. And he gives that, he pulls that drive right out of us. And that's something that I could get right behind and want to do too. So, and that's that's what I'm that's what I want to do. But not just for PiCap, but for the entire school is kind of my goal. One last thing from me. And by the way, in one year, you will be the guy people are going to look up to. I mean, Hell, I mean, you got a you got an executive position on SGA. You're well on your way to becoming president, and mm-hmm. you know who knows what what the future holds for you uh, and your fraternity. But parking, I mean, this is the big oh. issue. On this. <laughs> I mean, you know. like, oh, what are we doing here? We got yeah. 145 spots that are gonna leave Northlot for some tennis courts. Yep. And and the school is doubling down on saying it's not going to be a problem. Like it's going it to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, and it kind of just hit us quick. You know, like as an SGA, like we had our summer, and then we came back, and we mm-hmm. came back right to the issue as every other student did. By the way, I was very critical of the way that you guys kind of let Tom Ellett run you guys over like a train with he the did. whole parking fee yeah. thing last year. But you guys were able to postpone the parking pass fee. Uh, and it, that is now kicking the can further down the road. Yes, however, that's going to come up. But you did well with that. You know what's the what's the strategy? Our next move is we got to just we have to get we have to talk to Tom. Like he's the guy mm-hmm. that has to shift. And if he's not going to like at the end of the day, if he's not going to go with us, like then we're going to have to go against him. You know what I mean? We'd want to work with administration. That's our goal is to be the liaison, the students and administration. In a perfect world. We'd say, hey, Tom, listen, like, this is what the students, we are representing the students. Here's what the students want. Like, what can we do? Come to a resolution. But sometimes administration puts their foot down because they can and says no. And that's when we like, and again, this brings up the whole culture thing. If there's an issue that the school gets behind, we saw last year when the students were uh, were on the steps, or on the library steps, and that, that calls change to the school. Like then, And it wasn't even a lot of kids. Imagine if... 300 kids, 100 kids came out on the library steps in a, in a um, protest against parking or something like that. Something would have to change. They would do mm-hmm. it. They would do it. Yeah. But the culture is kids don't want, they'll, they'll love, this goes to dining too, and we always have our issues with dining. They'll post something and they'll send it right to Barstool and they'll post it, oh, here's raw chicken again. Like, we have so many things in place right now, even to tell, like, fix, like, what do you want done with food? You go to any staff member. I've never had an issue with, because I'm nice when I go down there and there's staff <laughs> people, and I meet, and I and I talk to all the people, and I ask them how their day's going, and just little things like that really just boost the mood of the calf workers, and that's kind of, like, where that whole issue arises and everything like that. It's not really the food in general. It's more or less, like, who's cooking the food, but whole different discussion. But anyways, it shifts back <laughs> to the culture, and if our culture was good, if we had 100 kids go out, if Tom says... Hey, listen, SGA, like, I'm not going to do anything for you. Okay. Nick Champanelli's going to have to put his foot down, take lead, and I'll get, I'm behind my president. I think that I'm a strong believer. I'll go against him in our meetings, but at the end of the day, when we make a decision, you got to hold group, hands and you got to hold you, hands and you go through it. And that's what, that's part of it. And I think that's a good thing that we all do pretty well. We'll argue to blue in the face, but at the end of the day, it's five people. 
the three to five decision. The so. Mac and Main show will always be behind the student government because we well, we will also like to think we're a voice of the people. You are yeah. a voice. You're a bigger. You're the. You're a big voice as well. Like everybody, everybody is. Every club has their say and what it is. All these student org leaders. We have a training tonight for. I don't know if you guys are going, but I know. We'll I, see all I'm the sending student, a representative. Yes, we'll see all the student org leaders. Yeah, I want to represent my organization from. So you uh, are you are going to that. You going to that for Q not tonight, time. but for the noon, the noon one tomorrow. We all oh, have okay. that. Yeah, yeah. event planning one, the fun one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three of them, and I kind of yeah. like that. Tuhan is my advisor, so I, I'm behind her with it. I think that getting to like familiar with UQU and everything like that is important. So, well, Eric and I got to run through our blitz for six. Hold tight because you're going to help us exit out the show. Are you ready to go for blitz for six? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get right into the blitz for six. The U.S. Open has come to a conclusion. I'm going to butcher these names, Steve. I apologize. Daniel Medidov and Emma Radinkenu are your men's and women's U.S. Open champions. Uh, Medved, oh jeez, the men, the the guy upset uh, no, uh, Novak in three sets to claim his first ever Grand Slam, and uh, Emma uh, beat her opponent in two sets as well, and she is now being touted as potentially the first ever women billionaire in sports. Can you tell me how old she is, either of you? No, she's no, eighteen. Wow. Imagine being a billionaire at 18. Wow. Holy. Where did I go wrong in my life? I'm a, I have no income, and I'm a college student at a <laughs> 22, so kudos to that. Uh, we'll jump to the MLB now. Playoff races. Uh, Rams have a five... Uh, Rams, Rays, have a five-and-a-half game lead over the Astros for the first place in the AL. Astros behind them with two games. White Sox not too far by three. And the Blue Jays, hot streak propelling them to that top AL wild card spot. Won 11 of their last 12 games to get to that point. And the Red Sox right now on top of Carmine's Yankees over here for that second wild card place. By NL is a bit tighter though. The Giants hold a two and a half game lead over the Dodgers there. Brewers have a two game not behind them for second place because they're in different divisions. That's how they're in second right now. Braves are in three and they're 16 and a half games back in the Giants. Tell me how that's possible. Dude, I don't that NL Baseball West. is a funny sport. NL is <laughs> a funny, uh, funny league. But the Dodgers have the second or first wild card spot. Uh, just because they're a couple games back from the Giants, same division there, and Padres and Reds fighting for that number two wild card spot in the National League. We're gonna get more on MLB last week, uh, next week. Excuse me. Apparently, I sound like Charles Barkley when I try to pronounce those names. <laughs> what you doing out there, knucklehead? <laughs> anyway, uh, the New York Mets debuted some sick 9/11 jerseys that they wore on the 20th anniversary of the tragic event. They were in the style of the 2001 home jerseys with New York across the front instead of Mets. They de they were defeated, however, by Carmine's New York Yankees on Saturday night. However, the Mets got the last laugh. Francisco Lindor with three home runs in the finale. Great work by Major League Baseball to make sure the two New York teams played on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah, now we're going to shift to a little bit more local stuff. But in the NBA realm, Boston Celtics legend Paul Pierce joined 17 others who are now part of the NBA's Hall of Fame class for the 20. 21 year. Pierce commented to nine other teams who chose not to draft him back in that 1998 draft night, slipping all the way down to the number 10th pick. He says, Hey, thanks for passing on me. I just added fuel to my fire. Now, other big names joined Pierce in this Hall of Fame class, including two time NBA champion Chris Bosch, Villanova head coach Jay Wright, former Pistons star Ben Wallace, and former Sacramento All Star Chris. Weber. Ben Wallace and Chris Weber. Yeah. NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, they made it. That's, they made it. That's absolutely wild. Okay, so traditionally on the show, the last thing we do is we come up with winners and losers. You can come up with one, you can come up with both. All right. It's anything you can think of. It doesn't have to be sports related. It can be related to Quinnipiac. So I'm gonna go ahead, toss to Carmine. Or actually, you know what? You go first. 
Winners and losers? Winners and losers, yeah. Come up with a winner or a loser really quick. Show Carmine how it's done, and then, you're, and then Carmine's going to go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess I'll uh, I'll go winner. I'll go with, um, yeah, I'll just go with go with the Patriots, I guess. Mac Jones coming out on top, doing his thing. Nice job from him, showing why he's going to be the guy, the boss, uh, New England for years to come. And uh, losers... Man, I just gotta. I just gotta say the parking. Yeah, gotta be parking's gotta be fixed. <laughs> that's we, get, we can't have people oh, be parking man. in the yellow sections of the parking lot. That's just not right. It's dangerous. Like people are gonna cut people off. I actually heard a story from someone that was trying to get a spot earlier today when they were literally had the directional. I'm going here, and then like somebody just cut in their lane and just cut them off because it's a madhouse in there. Do you know that people are parking at Sleeping Giant? And are they really? It, yeah, and then they're running across. That's yeah. actually not even a bad idea. <laughs> Sleeping giant, not a bad, not idea. A bad idea. Parking we'll the grass, it. maybe not so much, but... Uh, those people all got ticketed, by the way. Oh, good. Ticketed. Thank That's goodness. Insane. That's also About my time. I will yield a redundancy, but parking is also my loser of the week. I'm going to be redundant and say that losing is parking, but... <laughs> parking is losing. Parking is losing, but at the end of the day, I, I want to say parking is winning because our job, we're going to have to try to fix it, and that's our job, and that's something if we do, that's a win, and that's going to make <laughs> us look good, so that's my loser and my winner. Perfect. Boys and girls, that is Carmine Grippo. You can make sure that whatever he's doing, go uh, go make sure you blow up his social, but if you want any questions with SGA, he is your contact. The vice president of Public Relations. We're going to have him back on the show. You can guarantee oh, yeah. <laughs> that. Folks, Jack May and Eric Kerr in the Stewie. Same time, same place. Next week, we promise to try to be better. You are listening to 98.1 WQAQ.